so glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to save more and spend less, and don't let anyone ever rip you off. Clark.com is our main website. ClarkDeals.com is where we tell you about bargains, about deals, night and day. So coming up later, we have Clark Stinks. That's where you post at Clark.com slash Clark Stinks where you feel that, well, I've not done my job well with bad information, bad advice, or just bad guidance. And so if you check out Clark.com slash Clark Stinks, you get to see what others have said and you can comment on it. And coming up later, you get to hear our on-air version of Clark Stinks. So what kind of stick to is this? People, researchers at Harvard University started a study in 1980, 40 years ago, of the health of men and women. And they track people based on how healthy a life they were living. And I read a report on this in Time Magazine that they track people based on how much they exercised, what kind of weight they had, whether they were smokers, how much they drank, and whether they ate a diet what's referred to as high in plants, low in fats. And what they found over this study forever is that people who lived four of these five, not necessarily nobody's perfect, right? So you were 80% of the way there with these five characteristics, which I'll tell you again, how you eat, exercising, getting your weight under control, not smoking, and not drinking a whole lot. They define a lot of drinking for a woman's drinking more than a drink a day, for a guy more than two drinks a day. So people who live what they refer to as a healthy life expectancy, uh, I'm sorry, healthy um, lifestyle, guess what happens? The disease-free years of life, not how long you extend your life, but disease-free, for women after age 50, You have 10 more years that you just feel great in the rest of your life than you would otherwise. You know, you don't have uh, various diseases you're fighting. For men, it's eight more years. So in terms of lifespan overall, women who live life-healthy habits extend their overall years by 14 and men by 12. But remember... The women get 10 more years of those years where they really feel great and men eight. So it's not just about how long you're going to live. It's what's the quality of that life that matters. And the study pretty definitively shows that if you can live these healthy lifestyle choices, it will make a big difference in your overall health. And they were specifically looking at three major illness areas, diabetes, heart disease, and cancer. 
So Kaiser Permanente, which is the huge HMO based in California, has been running tests where people who've had heart trouble are given a Samsung watch that they allow Kaiser to monitor. And when a patient has had a heart event, as the cardiologists call it now, if they wish to enroll in the Kaiser Samsung watch program, they then have things they're supposed to do, regardless of whether they get the watch or not, about um, things they do for managing their health. And the Samsung watch reminds them, hey, if you taken blah, blah, blah pill or whatever, and it tracks your activity. They found they've given out 4,000 of these so far, and they found a big difference in the health moving forward of people who stick to a program with the watch. They gave, um, they gave them a year to see how they were doing, and the readmission rate is much, much, much better for people who have the watch nagging them than people who didn't. So now they're going to expand it because the rate at which people have a problem is much higher for people five times to eight times the reoccurrence of heart trouble and people who didn't have the watch as a nag. So I know that with the craze that happened in corporate America years ago with the Fitbits, where it became the thing that companies were handing out Fitbits to their employees to lower their health costs, it didn't work at all. But for some reason, the Kaiser thing with direct sharing of information has had a very positive effect, not for everybody, but overwhelmingly overall. Elizabeth is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Elizabeth. How you doing? Hi, I'm doing well, thank you. And thank you so much for taking my call. I have a lot of respect for your opinion. So, Well, thank you, Elizabeth. I have a question that I've asked a number of people, and finally I decided... Your opinion mattered the most, so... Well, you were sweet to say that, but how do you know I'm not going to give you a lousy bit of advice? You know, I've been listening to you for long enough to know that I don't think that will happen. Well, I'll do the best I can to serve you. (gasps) Okay, thank you so much. I appreciate it. So, um, I owned a home for 20 years and sold it and closed just in December, I was able to net 727000 No way, no way. You've got to be in, like, California, Oregon, or Washington. California, how'd you know? Southern California. Well, well, to make that kind of bank on the sale of a home, it had to be the I-5 corridor somewhere. You know, yes. Yep, for sure. It sure is. So um, one little thing, though, I exhausted my entire emergency fund because I spent three plus months getting it ready to list because I wanted it to, coming out the gate, I wanted it to look good. So I exhausted that. 
However, now I've got 727. I had minus done what you have to pay in capital gains tax. Exactly, exactly. Which I'm working on my QuickBooks debt because over the 20 years, a lot of money was put into that house. Okay. I'm going to make a suggestion to you. In the year you okay. sell a house with stakes this high, yeah. I would like you to consider hiring a CPA who does tax or an enrolled agent to do I, your taxes I this year. I use a CPA. Perfect. Oh, yes. Perfect. I use somebody with wonderful credentials. Great. Amazing. Great. Yes. A CPA plus. So, but what I do, I input everything in QuickBooks to get it ready for her. Got it. So, yes. Um, so I moved into what had been a rental. I'd done a 1031 exchange five years ago and I wanted to downsize. So now I'm living in that. I owe about 305 on it. I bought it for 475 and it's now worth about 650, maybe more. So you have the golden touch or the right zip code. Oh, for sure. Well, I'm only one zip code away. I just moved about six miles away. So okay. thankfully, what had been a rental is now my home. And um, I, the mortgage has a 4% interest rate. So do I take 300 plus thousand and pay off the mortgage? Or can I invest it and make more than 4%? You know, um, there's a peace of mind owning your home free and clear. Absolutely. And 4% is, gosh, you know, I would say that you first wait for the accountant to tell you how much you're actually going to have left after you pay tax on okay. the money. And if you've got a good chunk of emergency funds, live mortgage debt free. Just own that okay. thing. And okay. that's not, I mean, that's my opinion, and and I'm just curious, how did others feel about it? Because you said you got opinions all over the place. Boy, I sure have. You know, some people feel that way. Others say, no, 4%, you need to invest that money, and it'll but, make more than that. But we don't Although know I that. Think- we don't know that investments are going to make uh, 4% plus the cost of inflation years coming forward at least in the short while, with how much values have run up in the market. And you will have an amount of money every month that you would have been paying towards the mortgage. Why not use that amount of money every month to invest? And that would be, so it's dollar cost averaging. You're not having to figure out when the market's going to decide to go in the toilet. And so you could invest going forward in small chunks and live your life oh. mortgage debt free. That sounds good because I did the math, and if I continue making the payments and it matures in the year twenty forty five, I will have paid four hundred and eighty thousand. Well, but uh, in what's known as net if present value, it's, it, it it would not be as humongous as the three hundred five seems. But right. But I would I would if you clear a substantial amount of that seven hundred twenty seven thousand. Zero out that mortgage. No, you don't ever have to make a mortgage payment again if you don't want to. Have money you can invest every month. That seems to me like the right way to do this. Jeff joins us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Jeff. Hey, Clark. How's it going? Great. Thank you, Jeff. You got a question about uh, your kids. Tell me. 
Yeah. So my parents are to the point at which they can start contributing some funds to my kids' futures, school and missions, um, that kind of stuff. And the first thing that came to my mind was a 529 account. Um, but my question is, with a state tax deduction uh, in Idaho for them be better than the state tax credit that we would get in Utah. Well, the and Utah does that out, the that advantage outweigh the benefit of right. a Utah plan. Yeah, so the Utah plan is my favorite in America for five twenty nine okay. plans, and so I would I would say that gives Utah a leg up now. The the uh, your parents giving money for your kids in many states the tax deduction or tax credit may only apply to the parents of a child and not other relatives or friends giving money towards a child's five twenty nine. Are your parents willing to let you be the owner of the account? Yeah, I mean their first their first idea was just to give us money to. To put into an investment account. Perfect. Then you just um, take the money that they're generous enough to give you and set up uh, Utah 529 for how many kids do you have? I have three. We would probably set up two accounts because the gap between the first two is five years. Okay. So you would so do one set for up the... one to cover the first kid and then roll it over to the second and then have a, a second one set up for kid two slash three. Okay, um, actually set it up in the oldest and the middle child's names because right. you, can, you can roll it down the hill as you need. Right. Um, you said uh, mission as well, so they're going to go on a two-year mission when they're 19? Uh, yes, sir. All right. So for that, um, you could take some of the money that is coming from their grandparents and you could put it in an investment account for the kids – and okay. would I recommend for that, how old are, is the oldest? She's nine. Okay, so this would work in her case as well, is to put it in Fidelity Investments in their zero funds, which okay. have no costs, no minimums, nothing. Just do a 10-year target fund? No, you, no, the Fidelity zero funds, they'll be index funds. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, there's, I think there's four different zero funds. It should be great okay. in a situation like this. It could harm them for financial aid down the road, and that's just a risk you have to weigh having investment money in a kid's name. It's time for Clark.com slash ask. That's where you post a question for me at Clark.com slash ask, and there are many ways we answer those. If you want specifically to try to get to me to speak directly with you, Check the box for that. Otherwise, one of the other ways we answer it is producer Joel will ask your question for you. Clark Michael has a question. He says, Clark, I've been hearing ads for tax relief companies. Are they worth considering? No, 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 and no. These companies that advertise so heavily on the web, on TV, on radio, wherever, that say they're going to make all your tax troubles go away and they're going to settle your tax debts magically for pennies on the dollar, but all you have to do is pay them hundreds or thousands of dollars up front, they are really telling a big fish story. 
It is not how the system works. If you have a significant debt owed to either the IRS or state taxing authorities, the right way to deal with it, if it's a relatively, what um, people in the industry might consider to be a relatively modest amount, which would be up to maybe $20,000, an enrolled agent may be the right place for you to go. It's a special category of a tax expert enrolled with the IRS. Or if it's more than 20, and that's kind of a fuzzy limit, you want to go to a CPA who does tax. You'll have to pay either for their time, but that's the legit way to deal with an unpaid tax debt. I'm so glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about your empowerment with knowledge so you can keep more of what you make. And so this show is different than most talk shows and that we're not about a political point of view or anything like that. We're all about sharing knowledge with each other, learning from each other. And you expect me to do the best job possible. And there are times that you'll hear me talk about something and you feel like, what? I can't believe that he just said that. So that's why I need your feedback. Please, if I let you down, if I disappoint you, Take the time to go to Clark.com slash Clark Stinks and post where you feel I missed the mark. And other people can read what you posted. They can comment on it, agree or disagree with you. And then weekly, Krista goes through your posts and shares her favorites with you right here on the show. I should have never encouraged you to speak. You must think I'm pretty stupid. You should be ashamed of yourself. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're right, pal. All right. I haven't gotten to this one in a while, so this is about the NFL. A little dated. But Clark, you forgot to mention something important to the woman that called in and asked about advice for attending a Packers game in Green Bay. The fact is that it is better to go to a game in September and October than late November or December. It can become so brutally cold that it can make the game not enjoyable, especially for someone not used to the conditions or for children. My goal is to attend every NFL stadium, and I'm about one-third through. And next year, I'm also going to attend a game in Lambeau. But for sure, I'm going in September or October for a more enjoyable experience. P.S. Go Jets, James. James, thank you. That is a very good point that I neglected, and I appreciate you sharing that. And being a Jets fan shows that hope springs eternal. It's been a long time since 1969. (laughs) Hmm, Just a little odiferous. Recently, you had a call from a retiree planning to become a snowbird for a couple of months, and they wanted to fly instead of driving to his destination and was looking for to rent a vehicle while there. You gave him some good advice, but failed to give him great advice. You should have suggested that he reconsider driving, driving there in his own vehicle. He might save money overall and would be able to see even more areas of our beautiful country. That's what we do, and it's one of the advantages of being retired. We've seen some amazing parts of our country that way take our we take our time and enjoy the scenery thanks clark larry larry thank you and there are people who love doing what you did i have a brother who many many times has driven from coast to coast and that's something that 
I've done once in my life, and that was enough for me. So it really depends on the individual. I think the other thing I forgot to mention in that particular call was the idea of using one of the car relocation services to, that would be cheaper to move your own vehicle to Florida and back from Florida with one of the car services than it would be to rent a vehicle when you're in Florida for the long time. Speaking of rentals, a caller asked for advice about loaning a car to a friend for a month or two. Clark's recommendation was to waste time on the phone with the insurance company, then give 15% of the value of the car to the state and wait in line at the DMV twice. That stinks. A better idea is to rent the car to the friend on Truro. Truro provides great insurance and their fee will be approximately $7 a day on a $23 a day rental. The money the owner gets can be gifted back to the renter. No change of ownership or waiting in lines. Thanks for all you do, Clark. I've been listening for years, and this little lapse is the only thing I've ever thought worthy of commenting on. David. David, I'd say that that was an omission on my part, and that is a beautiful addition that you've given, and I think that's really a wonderful idea as a way to protect both parties in the event you're lending somebody your vehicle. If you're not aware of Get Around and Turo, they are virtual rental agencies for vehicles that line up individuals looking to rent a vehicle with people who have a vehicle sitting idle and want to rent it out and get some income from it. Clark, I love listening to your podcast, but I have to say your pronunciation of Hawaii smells like volcanic sulfur. I'll admit, <laughs> I have to admit. How many posts? Wait, wait, I got to stop you for a second. How many posts over 33 years, is it? 33 years have we gotten about the way I say that state? (laughs) I won't even say it right now. I know. Many, many. Okay. So Byron goes on to say, I have to admit I've never been to the islands, so that may very well be their preferred pronunciation, but it sounds unnatural to my mainland ears. If you'd like to prove me wrong... Tickets and accommodations are welcome so I can investigate. (laughs) That is brilliant. So, yeah, I have no free tickets to that state. Should I just say Sorry, Byron. You can say either Hawaii or Hawaii. (laughs) Okay. Speaking of travel, dear Clark, I helped my poor law student law school student daughter saved $200 for two one-way tickets from Washington, D.C. to Atlanta by using your hidden city ticketing idea. First, The first flight's destiny was Miami. She got off in Atlanta, and it worked great. The returning flight was from Atlanta to Chicago with a D.C. layover where she had planned to deboard. The problem, at the gate on the return flight, they announced that all passengers in the last two boarding sections must check their carry-on since there wasn't ample space in the overheads on the plane. When she asked if the carry-on would be sent to the final destination or if she would have access to it in D.C., the gate agent went slightly berserk, saying, did you purchase a ticket to Chicago, but you're planning to get off in D.C.? Well, sorry, but your carry-on will be going to Chicago. Just so you know, we have the right to cancel your flight right now, since your intention was never to travel to Chicago. Lisa, and she tells the rest of the story. Lisa, I am so sorry. Now, there's um, part of the advice that I have given in the past that I may have neglected to say when I was talking about hidden city ticketing, and that is that you need to take on something that's small enough 
that it will fit under the seat in front of you. If you need more luggage, you need to ship it with UPS, FedEx, or the Postal Service uh, back to your destination because, yes, particularly if you have no status on an airline and you're flying on American, United, or Delta, they're going to take your bag away with near certainty. Everybody without status will have their bags taken away, and they will be checked to your final destination. And I'm so sorry that this happened. Okay, and a positive post and a negative post involving Credit Karma. First, the Stinko meter only registers a one on this, but why not recommend the free Credit Karma fax, tax filing option? I've been using their service for years with excellent results. It's super quick and easy. Frank and Ocala. Thank you, Frank. And I, I do mention Credit Karma tax every time I talk about free file, the IRS program for people who make Uh, Well, most taxpayers qualify for free file, but if you make more than that, then Credit Karma tax is free to prepare and file both your federal and if you live in a state with a state income tax, your state income tax as well. Clark recently mentioned that Credit Karma had a savings account option and explained the great rates and insurance the account offers. What he failed to mention is that they do not offer a direct deposit option in that you have to link your Credit Karma account to a real bank account to facilitate the funds transfer. Also, after signing up, I had difficulty linking it to my account. Well, you guessed it. They don't even offer customer no support. They route you to a website where your submitted questions are not answered. No one emails you back. Nothing. I suspect it's a matter of time before Karma comes back to bite Credit Karma. Wow. Thank you for that post. Uh, I should say that it is common with the online banks that you do, in fact, link to your traditional bank or credit union account and that you move money back and forth that way. And that's how they're all set up as the default way to deposit money, although most will allow you to mail in a check to deposit into an account. I'm sorry that... Uh, You got nothing but customer no service from Credit Karma. A few months ago, you spoke with a caller about men's razor blades and shaving. You and he talked about double and triple stack blades and where to shop for them. I use a safety razor and buy my blades in a 50 pack. It's about five cents per blade. I also read one of your books way back when. You said the blades don't go dull by shaving with them, but by being left moist. You recommended drying them with a hairdryer. I do just that. With my safety razor, it's super easy to do. I can go about two weeks or more before putting another five-cent blade on my razor. Next time, mention the drying trick when you talk about shaving and razors. It really works, James. James, thank you. Now, I'm too clumsy to use a safety razor. We've had a number of people. It's like there's a safety razor association. We get Every time I talk about blades i get the posts from people about the safety razors i can't do that but yours last two weeks look how cleanly i'm shaved look right now you can see how clean i mean come on krista is this not a clean shaved face yeah looks good so the blade that i'm using goes back to the day uh, my son started school last year which was the first week of august and it's still Shaving close and clean and smooth. Whose slogan was that from their ad? Anyway, it's working great, and I should be able to get the whole school year out of one blade. First, let me say I love your website and articles. However, there's one thing that seems to be missing from every article I've ever read about spending and managing on a budget, depression. 
Shopping and spending excessively is often a byproduct of a much deeper issue. I have bipolar disorder, so I know from personal experience. A high or unbalanced mood slash emotions often results in reckless spending without regard to my carefully planned budget. I know your team is not made up of psychiatrists, but depression is too often ignored. I just thought it might be helpful to remind readers to seek help if uncontrollable urges to spend are destroying their budgets in hopes of becoming debt-free. Thanks for listening, Kim. Kim, I really appreciate you doing that post because depression is one of the most underreported illnesses that people have. And it manifests in so many different ways, bipolar as well. And people many times suffer in silence. And there's no reason for that today. There's so much help available. There are any of a number of medications that can be helpful. And this can be expressed in many different versions. You talk about uh, compulsively shopping, others will take up uh, alcohol or some form of illicit drugs. I mean, this is one of society's largest unaddressed issues, and I really appreciate you posting what you have experienced. And we'll definitely um, address this on the site. That's definitely something we should do, so thank you so much, Kim. Well, I want to tell you that the purpose of Clark Stinks is specifically to bring issues to the table that are things I've missed or when I've talked about something where I've had like a blind spot, and that's a a perfect example. And I want to thank everyone who takes the time to post because I want you to know that this show is about serving each other, and I need to do the best job I possibly can. And hearing from you when... I have not given the full story, given an incomplete answer or one that you feel missed a key component, helps everybody so much. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Carrie is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, how are you? Hi, Clark. How's it going? Wonderful. Thank you. Good. Thank you for taking my call. I had a question for you about selling rental property. (laughs) Well, it's my pleasure to answer it. How... How can I help you with that rental property? So we bought a house back in July of 2013. We moved in that month. And we lived there um, up until November of 2018. And starting like right at the first part of December um, that same year, we had tenants move into that house. And they've been there ever since. And so what I was wondering is if we, because we would now like to sell that property, um, if we go to sell it, 
how do I deal with the, the, um, the capital gains taxes on that? Because I read where you can only, if you live there for two years, you don't have to pay them or there's some kind of a loophole with that. Can you explain that for us? Yeah. All right. So let me, let me think through the formula because it was tightened up. All right. So okay. we're going to math class here. So okay. you bought it in 2013. It yes. became a rental property. In December 1st of 2018. 2018. Then the tenants were there for less than two years. Yes. All right. So as long as you lived in the home for, uh, or the tenants lived in the home less than two years, you're okay to be able to claim the homeowner deduction on that home. Oh, okay. And Even so, though that's not our primary residence, we can still do that. Oh, oh, no, wait, wait, wait. The whole time it was a vacation home? No, it's only, only been rented just since December of 2018. Before then, oh, it you're was good. Our you're good. But no, not. Yeah, you're good in that case. So there's an IRS publication I want you to go read. Read okay. it when you, if you drink coffee, you've had two okay. cups of coffee when you read it. Do not okay. read it at bedtime unless you have insomnia. It'll help you fall asleep. Okay. But it will be IRS publication 523. 523. But okay. my understanding, if you rented it for less than two years of that seven-year period, in this mm-hmm. case you have a seven-year period, that you're able to exempt as a married couple the first $500,000 in profit on the sale of that home. Oh, perfect. Okay. But That's I want crazy. you to I want you to read through and make sure that you qualify on every ground. Okay. I will. Thank you. So, I think I think you're good though in this okay. case cuz you did not if you'd had them, let's say you said to me you had rented out starting in 2016 and then you sold it in 2020 as an example, you mm-hmm. would not be able to use the marital exclusion. Okay. But in this case, you should be A-okay. But I don't want you to take me as the last word. Okay. Again, the boring IRS publication. Okay. <laughs> Sounds like a good read. <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> yeah, all IRS publications are good reads. Oh, I got to tell you a funny story. I got a... Um, a lien notice from the IRS saying that I had, okay, this is unbelievable, saying that they were hitting me with a lien for 18 unpaid cents of tax. I, I You can't make this stuff up. The poor IRS is so understaffed that crazy things like that can happen. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks for joining us today. The Clark Howard Show is produced by Kim Drobes, Joel Larsgaard, Deborah Reese, and Jim Ayers. And remember, 24 hours a day, we're there to serve you at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com.